Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Not That Alex Show. I've been uh, traveling quite a bit the last two weeks. I apologize, folks, for not being uh, on last time. But I think, but I understand that Alex and Trigby uh, held up well, uh, at least from the comments we're seeing and, and some of the questions that Alex will, will never ask. Okay, so Alex, anything happened since I was on? Yeah, I thought actually we could start this week. <laughs> There's actually a lot going on at home. Um, a lot of domestic implications, especially for 2022. We'll get to the latest in Ukraine, but this had to have been, just from a data perspective, one of Joe Biden's better weeks. Where do you want to go with that? Well, I mean, I think you're talking about, I mean, the, the, the most interesting thing uh, among many was that uh, since taking office, Biden and the Democrats have cut the deficit by more than half, $571 billion. Um, uh, at more than half, you know, half compared to the deficit that, that, that Trump was running while he was in office. Um, and of course, you know, the, uh, the, the Republicans aren't going to talk about that much. But I mean, I think when you put that uh, with the, you know, the February report, 678,000 more jobs created in February, um, that, that gets you, in, you know, adds to the uh, 7.2 million total jobs added in 2021. Again, on on you know record pace. Um, it, you know unemployment uh, is now you know you know under four percent. It's what what every economist would call full employment. And most of the people, uh, I think, a lot of that uh, is a gap of people still. Uh, you know, four million people quit their jobs. Um, that we're looking for better paying jobs and we're getting them. So, I mean, I think there's even, the unemployment is even lower. It's just people in transition out of a, out of one job uh, and going on to a better paying job because this the job market is so strong right now. Um, and so you're seeing, you know, while everything else is going on uh, and I, we, we're gonna get to, um, uh, get to Ukraine soon, uh, it, it, you know, coming up here. But I think what you're seeing is Biden's approval ratings are starting to go up. He's, his approval's been up, uh, you know, four or seven points. Uh, he's now in the high 40s, it, it, you know, depending on which poll you're looking at. And, that, you know, that includes, by the way, you know, an 18-point move on on handling COVID, you know, an eight-point move on handling the economy. Uh, uh and, you know, and this is coming out of the State of the Union uh, that typically doesn't you don't see a bounce after uh, much of one anyway, after the State oh, of the Union. it doesn't stick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think the other thing, look, one of the things I've talked about from the beginning, uh, I said that I thought a few months ago that we were at the low end of Biden's approval rating and it would be up from here as COVID subsided. Um, you know, look, there could be another wave, but as COVID subsided, um, as it more proof that the economy was moving, was taking hold, his approval ratings would, would, would go up. But the other thing I said repeatedly was, um, you know, when I went through my five things of why we should be optimistic is there, there would be some external occurrence, an externality that would change the entire dynamic of how people viewed the the upcoming elections it all almost always happens. I, I must admit, I did not foresee 
Uh, Russia, yeah, yeah, Russia invading Ukraine as that externality that would change, you know, would that put would put the Biden presidency into focus um, in a way that uh, you, you know all the arguing about mass, not mass, you know, it, it, it sort of sort of put that all you know, lower on the scale and make it all look ridiculous in a lot of ways compared to what's going on in, in Ukraine and how the president's handling. I think he stepped up one. I think there are a lot of people who are, who are first very happy that he was president uh, during these waves of COVID instead of Trump. And I also think as people look now again, the second time he's the right person in the job at the right time. Uh, and the way he's responded and held instead of attacking NATO and trying to break it up, as Trump did, um, actually rallying the alliance. And it's a difficult thing to do. It's a bunch of countries. They don't all agree on everything, but getting them to agree on very important steps um, that are you know, crushing the Russian economy right now is, is pretty important, I think. It came out, I think, in the last week or two that Trump was actively going to pull us out of NATO this term. This term, yeah, that he won. So, yeah, Bolton a, said that. Bolton, I yeah. think, you know, but yeah, it the, was like, yeah, all these guys. Hey, something I forgot to tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while I was holding his coat, while I was holding his coat, I forgot to tell you, uh, uh, you, you know, an important factoid. Uh, he was yeah. breaking up NATO. Great, wonderful for Putin. You know, one thing on on kind of how Biden's been perceived, I think one of the things that you and I have been talking about for a couple of days, and I know I know the Lincoln Project just put an ad out on it, but uh, Franklin Ford did an article in The Atlantic basically saying Biden answered that 3 a.m. call and he's yeah. done everything right. Um, the, the one thing that, you know, and, and you weren't here to talk State of the Union last week, do you want your brief take on that? But one thing you noticed from that was he wasn't whacking Republicans with the Ukraine crisis. He was kind of doing what he does best, bringing everybody together. I think for said something like he, he encouraged Republicans to feel as if they were his partners in a popular front. And that, that's pretty much how he's, how he's handled the entire Ukraine crisis. Well, yeah, but again, look, um, uh, you're up against an authoritarian force. Uh, Putin does not have to try to bring people, anybody, there's no parliament really, you know, that Duma, that he needs to bring people. He says, we're doing this, we're going to invade, we're going to, you know, we're going to take out hospitals and kindergartens, and he doesn't have to bring anybody along at all. Uh, that's why uh, they're authoritarian. In a democracy, um, to get anything done, um, you've got to, you, you, let's look at the alliance. It's a bunch of democracies for the most part. And um, uh, and uh, how do you bring, you know, if one country doesn't want to do something in that alliance, you've got to try to find compromise and bring them along. Um, Biden's done an incredible, and the administration, Blinken, all have done an incredible job at the massive sanctions that it, they've gotten everybody to agree to. Uh, Germany, I mean, on the North Stream too. I mean, just uh, 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 out of the box, the very first thing that happened should have been was a big signal uh, of what they were able to do. Uh, and at the same time, uh, okay, uh, you republic the Republicans who have been who had been rooting Putin on, 
here's, you know, I'm reaching out my hand and we got to be in this together. And we'll see how many of them actually, uh, you know, work with the administration, you, you know, it, it, to find common ground and and uh, fight, um, help fight this battle. Um, but don't hold your breath. Uh, I think that'll be temporary. Um, it, 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 they'll be the first people as gas prices go up to scream that it's, you know, it's Biden's weakness that has created the high gas. It's not Putin that created it. Um, no, it's, it's, it's Biden. So, Joe, getting into the gas price question, obviously over 70 percent of Americans are OK banning Russian oil imports. But you mentioned Republicans are already screaming about it and they continue to. You brought up a good point that I think Fred Gutenberg made when we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, I mean, he said, look, you know, uh, uh, that there's a bunch of things that we can do uh, that you, Ukraine cannot. I mean, that, yeah, you know, yes, pri- gas prices are high. Uh, but what Fred Gutenberg said in his tweet was, yeah, we can choose to travel less. We can choose to carpool. We can choose to bicycle. We can walk. We can choose public transportation. Um, Ukraine can't do that. And there but for the grace go we. This That's his 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 tweet. Um, and, and I think, you, you know, the, the, the pushback on that was, yeah, hey, great, Fred. But, you know, there are a lot of working people. And, and people are just uh, are scraping by millions of them in this country. They can't afford to do all those things. Uh, and, you know, that's a that's right. Uh, th- there are a whole bunch of people out there who won't be able to have the opportunity or, or be able to afford to do those things. But, uh, you know, my point would be those of us who can afford to do things must do them. We have a duty and a responsibility to do them. N- I mean, not just. You know, for those who can't uh, afford, you know, where 50 cents is the difference between whether they can get to work or not. Um, uh, we have to, the, all of us have to keep our consumption down as much as we can um, so that they're impacted. The price increases are as low. They're going to happen, but we have to, we have a responsibility to keep them as low as possible if we can choose to do those things and we can't. So, um, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get, um, you know, it, it's Biden's fault for the increase in gas prices. And, and he's, it's a tax on working people. You know, I mean, that's where the attacks will come. These, these great now, today it's all, oh, yeah, we're with you. Uh, tomorrow there'll be, you know, the attacks will start again. Uh, and uh, there'll be a lot of memory loss. It's already happening yeah. on the Republican side. You mentioned the tax on working people, and I think this is a good time to bring up what may be one of the weirdest unforced errors right. I've seen from the Republican <laughs> Party in a long time is uh, Rick Scott's new platform. Joe, I wanted to ask you in light of that, and we can get into Rick Scott's thing, but how does this overall shift what Biden and the Democrats have to be messaging this cycle? Uh, well, I think we'll be messaging Rick Scott's tax increase, uh, wanting to raise taxes basically on everyone, including low income and, and, and the middle class, uh, which is, by the way, cue up the Republican infighting <laughs> uh, uh, front and center yeah. on that one. But they're, you know, hey, he's put it out there. Uh, it's going to be interesting uh, how they move away from that. But I'm sure, though, that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll start spending uh, and already have. 
But, you know, look, it's still worth noting uh, that the, you know, Biden's economic numbers have had a significant jump of eight points in the last few polls. And again, I think he's up to about 45, 50 now, something like that. Yeah, I I think a lot of Americans, like you you said in the polls, you know, the 71 percent who uh, uh, who said they would be? They supported a, a, a ban on Russian uh, oil and uh, would be willing to pay more at the pump um, to, for the people, you know, to support uh, as a sacrifice to support what is going on in Ukraine and to, and to put, be as harsh as possible on Russia. I think that it's going to be a lot harder to pin all of this on. Look, there are two things that created all this uh, inflation and pain, a a thing called COVID and Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Those are the two things. Um, I think it was a lot easier to try to pin the COVID um, supply chain problems on the president of the United States. I think though, I think it, 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 you know, the reality is most Americans understand that what's going on now is caused by a guy named Putin, not Biden. And you got to we all have to have Biden's back. Uh, but there'll be plenty uh, who who still in the Republican Party have will have Putin's back and, and Trump's. So that brings up a good time for a, a listener question this week. Uh, Pat from Texas. So you're, wrote you're in. Wait, 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 everybody ring the bells, uh, you know, throw the confetti. Alex is actually going to let a, a listener uh, ask a question. Okay, Alex, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you at this important moment. To that trippy show at gmail.com. I mean, if you don't want people to email it, that's okay, Joe, but we got one. Uh, and here's the question. Should Democrats be pushing harder from the House or for the Senate, given the current maps? Uh, 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 no question in my mind. It's got to be the House. Uh, I, I, I know. Look, there. there I, I think I'm a firm believer that we'll increase our uh, seats in the Senate and hold the House. But if you're asking which one uh, is the most important, it's clearly the House. I mean, you had 139 members of the Republican caucus vote to not certify Joe Biden. Uh, When Jim Jordan is the speaker, if they have the majority, uh, because it won't be Kevin McCarthy, that's ridiculous. if, if Jim Jordan is the speaker in 2024 with a majority in the House of Representatives that was gained in 2022, um, you can be pretty certain, or we need to be pretty certain, uh, that they're not going to certify anybody but Donald Trump. In fact, I think if they win the House, you can, within five minutes, Donald Trump will announce his candidacy if he doesn't do it before then uh, to keep himself out of prison. But but I think the House is the place that they certify the results of the 2024 presidential election. We saw what they tried on January 6th. We know the coup attempt failed. They will be in, if they have the majority of the House, they'll be in position to succeed in 2024. And that's why I think in the end, if, you know, if it's one or the other, uh, it's definitely the House. And then I would point out that reality is, uh, whether we have 53 seats or 50 seats in the in the Senate, it matters. Every seat matters, but it's not going to change a whole lot. They're still going to be be able to, in the Senate to obstruct 
um, whether we have a, a, a one seat majority or three seat majority. So uh, while I think we will gain seats in the Senate, it's the House I would focus on. So, and it, there were a couple developments in redistricting. I think uh, the Supreme Court made two pretty important rulings. They're not going to be permanent, but for this cycle, um, they threw out the really heavily gerrymandered maps, I think, in North Carolina and Pennsylvania. Um, we'll see what happens in Pennsylvania, but the North Carolina map, I think, gave Democrats like four seats in a state that was essentially even or within a couple of points for the presidential. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's continuing, but we're, it's continuing the trend where they were supposed, that was the other thing I talked about was that they they were supposed to gain 10, 10 uh, Republican seats just by gerrymandering with their legislatures that they control. Uh, and that's turned out not to be the case at all in the House. In fact, it's uh, it looks like it's it could be as many as six more uh, plus Biden uh, districts than we had in in 2020 created because be, a bunch of things Democrats uh, actually did better in some states uh, where they controlled things and two uh, these court cases that we're seeing uh, and 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 the third reason look in 2010 when the Republicans had these legislatures they wrote such incredibly red pushing it to the edge lines that there's just no more districts in those states. I mean, they, they can't create it to create something else. They're weakening uh, another district. They, they just, they, they, in 2010 sort of like claimed all the territory they could. And it's turned out that they, they're actually like in places like Alabama, it, you know, they, they couldn't do anything. They tried and are creating, you know, one district where there should be two democratic districts in the court, um, you know, it, that one's likely to stay in place for this cycle, but it won't it won't it won't last once it works its way through through the courts. So uh, they're 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 that battle is one that they've been losing. I, I still think they still are nominating crazies, um, uh, which we need them to do. So they do some of the work for us. Uh, and I think we can win the House. And uh, that's where I would put our focus. The most of it. Joe, we mentioned we'd move on to Ukraine. Uh, you know, one thing we haven't discussed as much, and I think we should today, and, and there have already been, by the way, some union alerts pushing back on this, is the absolutely crazy amount of far-right propaganda coming out about Ukraine. Joe, where do you want to take this? Well, first of all, um, if you haven't already, join the union at jointheunion.us uh, because it, it has been out there, uh, a lot of uh, folks have been uh, countering all the misinformation and, and sort of taking on um, uh, different aspects of all this. But look, you know, you know, this is how, you know, just sort of putting some of the pieces together here. You know, on, people ask, what's the Russian endgame? Well, you know, they clearly want to install a puppet government. What's amazing is who the puppet seems looks likely to be. Um, there are, you know, now reports that is literally waiting in Minsk, waiting for Russia to install him. Now, who is Yanukovych? Well, Yanukovych was a Russian puppet. Uh, and who uh, was paid millions of dollars to help put Russia's puppet in office, a guy named Manafort. Um, so what you, you're seeing is 
who, by the way, Yanukovych was thrown out by the U Ukrainian people and forced to flee to back to Russia uh, in the revolution that happened in what year was that? 2014, Alex, I think, or am I? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, the, so what you're seeing is like Manafort did his piece. They threw the puppet out and now the all of this is about putting them back in, which, by the way, is never going to hold up. I mean, the, anybody who knows the Ukrainian people and you're watching it now, they're not going to stand for that. But um, they're like just the high profile atrocities that are going on, the bombing of the children's hospitals, the pregnant mothers and kids are trapped in the rubble. Uh, it, this is standard Putin stuff. Um, and now you're like, it's all coming. It's all should be even more clear to people. Maria Patina, remember her? Uh, she's out there. Yeah, the NRA sleeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she was the Russian agent who successfully infiltrated the NRA. What's she doing now? She's out there uh, posting that uh, and, and uh, uh, basically saying repeatedly that the Ukrainians are bombing themselves. I mean, this is the new thing, right? That, that it's, the, it's, the, it's the Ukrainians that are doing this. Um, they, you've got the, they're now telegraphing that and at saying that the United States is, is working in bio labs uh, in Ukraine. Um, to create biochemical uh, weapons. That's a precursor to them saying that, uh, to using those weapons, and then saying it was the United States that did them, um, with, gave them to the Ukrainians or worked on labs with them. So all this stuff is, is percolating up. And while it is, you've got people like Bannon. Steve Bannon is saying that he wants that is is on his shows talking about why the United States can't give a dime, shouldn't give a penny to Ukraine, shouldn't do anything to help Ukraine until he until they get we get a full briefing and disclosure of the details of what's really going on there. This is a guy who uh, isn't obeying subpoenas and ignoring them. Uh, the, to give us all the facts about January 6th. I mean, it, it, there's a good uh, t tweet thread by Nick Carmody that I think uh, we'll put it in the in the notes um, about, you know, notice how Bannon equates empathy and compassion as being the antithesis of adult and manhood. This is a feature of Trumpism. Until these same hyper-masculine frauds are held accountable for their actions, and then they weakly and cowardly slink into victimhood. Um, and then you got Tucker Carlson. I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but this stuff is just unbelievable. You know, th this is a guy who clearly now, he's been a slave to his audience uh, for quite a while. Uh, again, you know, remember him declaring, you know, I'm not, you know, basically declaring he was on Russia's side. He was on Putin's side. And... You know why? Because that's where the 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 base was and is uh, uh, still. And now he's you know he's he knows that that's sliding out from under him, and so 
he's he's going to change his, you know, now it's going to be, you know, I'm sorry, I'm on a rant here, but Tucker Carlson, I mean, give me a break. And, you know, and now he's flip-flopped uh, because he knows that's, that 70, he's seen the polling, 71% of the American people willing to do a ban on Russia, uh, oil, uh, willing to, um, to sacrifice higher and, and take on um, realizing they'll be paying higher prices uh, as a as a way to support uh, Europe and, and Ukraine uh, uh, as as winter comes next year, it's going to be you know worse. And so now he's flip flopping, um, and it's kind of like humiliating to you know for him. I think um, you know he's he's in a lot of ways, although it, that is in itself enormously satisfying to watch, it does not absolve him of the aid and comfort he gave to Putin as this started. And too many Republicans are out there, um, and, you know, including the, 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 the man who declared Putin a genius, savvy and smart for doing this invasion. Um, Trump, at some level, this is going to create a, I, I think, is really going to um, start to dissolve some, not a lot, but seven, eight percent of the hardcore may move off as they are look appalled at what Putin is doing. And I, but before we leave, because I know we're running out of time here, I can't help but mentioning Steve Miller <laughs> suing the U.S. government to present to prevent a subpoena of his parents' cell phone plan, and that's why the, the reason because as a thirty-six-year-old, he's still on his mother's cell phone plan, and so he's saying you can't you no it's not you can't look at those records because. It's my parents' plan, not mine. Um, I think you know, I, you know, maybe I, I don't know, but it might be time to get off the allowance. You know, it's like just just, just how ridiculous uh, these snakes are, uh, and what they've done to just you know ignore and and, and use the legal system for cover. Um, but I think. Uh, over time here, we're going to see more of these people uh, uh, going, uh, uh, spending some time in, 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 you know, behind bars. At least that's my hope. A anyway, I'll get done with my rant now, Alex, but I, I think you're going to tell me it's, it's, it, we're out of time. Yeah, your, your timing's pretty good. We, we should probably wrap up. That's just about all the time we've got. Thanks for listening to that trippy show, everybody. And again, apologies for the rant, but... Uh, these people are just despicable. We'll be at, back next week. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or, or wherever you listen. You can always send a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in the reviews on iTunes. We'll see you next time. 